Bobby's out. Rudy's in. Let's podcast. <laughs> that kind of spoils everything. I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime and I fully regretted it. But yeah, here we go. <laughs> Little Nessie drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. <laughs> I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. And like Campbell oh, Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. Pele is Jay from In Between Us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Shall we answer? Fair enough. If you say it, say it with chest. <laughs> Sorry, you just have to what guess. Do you, do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar, from what oh. I read. <laughs> Mara who? Sorry? You're a pair of twats, you know that. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Nostalgia FC Podcast with your host, me Drew. Me George. Ah, me Owen. We are back with another World Cup special today uh, in the group stage of chaos, which is, if you've been paying attention, it bloody is. <laughs> is Group B. So in this episode, we're going to combine the best ever players from teams from the Group B, which are Iran, Wales, USA, England. Weird yes, order. <laughs> we're recording this post ending of Group B. So yes, we're very sad that Wales are out. But the way I will summarise it for any Wales fans listening that are feeling sad still. Um, George actually put this on Instagram after I voice noted it to the boys afterwards. Uh, we've seen Wales be shit in many, many places, but now we've seen them be shit on the world stage, and there's something beautiful about that. So there you go. Yeah, if that helps and your we Wales were, fans. We were awful. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely yeah. I'm so glad that Qatar and Canada got zero points, so we weren't the worst team because it yeah. looked like it for a long time. But Canada are better than us. Yeah, I said in an earlier episode. Um, as long as we score a goal, that's all that matters. And we did. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's a penalty. Thanks, but, Tim Ream. <laughs> right. So, ignoring that, we're going to today break down the best players from these individual teams uh, and put them into one mega 11 to form the Group B team of the Group Stage of Chaos. So, uh, we've gone for a 3-5-2 formation. Okay. And we'll start off with the goalkeeper from the goalkeeper, Go in. Oh, that's me. Um, so it is again. We spoke about him in an earlier episode uh, about the World Cup, about the t- players that had never been to the World Cup. It is Neville Southall. Big Nev. Big Nev. Big Nev. We've mentioned him quite a few times recently in this podcast. So yeah, uh, we'll have one anecdote, and it's a great one for me. It actually comes from my mother. She doesn't listen to this, so I can say whatever. But she did tell me this. Apparently, uh, when I was a kid and used to go to swimming lessons in the Abigail Leisure Centre, uh, Neville Southall used to show up with his kids to uh, take them swimming, and he still wore his Everton trackie with NS embroidered on it to take his kids <laughs> to swimming. Yes. Good lad, Nev. Well, I mean, I mean, who who wouldn't? <laughs> I, if oh, I had they... one of them, I'd wear it everywhere. <laughs> An Everton trackie? Why would you do that? No, just any trackie for a team I played for. But yeah, hey, big I Nev. don't mind Everton. Oh yeah, that's right. You remember Everton fan. Anyway, that's, that's, yeah, away <laughs> from it. we've spoken about Nev a lot. Um, he's an, a fantastic goalkeeper. Wales' best ever goalkeeper. Obviously, uh, you could say Hennessy's achieved more because he's played in three major tournaments. But he also he got a red card right kicked an Iranian player in the face. So what are you going to do? He didn't, he didn't even manage to do that properly. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, first cent- <laughs> centre-back in this back three is Rio Ferdinand of England. Uh, possibly one of the best centre-backs England have ever had. 
Uh, I can't yeah. actually think of any better. If you want to no. argue John Terry, I don't, go ahead. I don't want to argue disagree Terry. with you. <laughs> yeah. he, he's like the definition of when people say Rolls-Royce centre-backs. Yeah. Like Rio Ferdinand was all of that. Like so good on the ball, so calm, composed, just made everything look easy until he got old and went to QPR and then everything looked a struggle. But up and up until that point, when he was in his prime. Well, the way I look at it, right? So Rio Ferdinand's career is like the the uh plot of the film Hancock, right? Hear me out. <laughs> so basically Rio Ferdinand is Hancock and he's well good by himself. Unbelievable, right? And then Charlie Theron is Anton Ferdinand, right? So the closer they get together, the worse the Rio becomes to the point where they're both playing for QPR and Rio loses all of his powers completely. That's, oh, that's a whole movie out, out of your anecdotes on this podcast. <laughs> that one literally was off the dome as well. I promise I'm not part of that. Right, yeah, like Owen said, Rolls-Royce a footballer, unbelievable player. Rio Ferdinand, I mean, he is one of the best centre-backs uh, the Premier League history, certainly for England. Uh, you could have had Terry Adams in there. Obviously, we could have had John Terry, but we don't like him, so he's not going in. Uh, we could have had Slabed. No, nah, we're, not, we're not putting Harry Maguire in. He's been very good this tournament, though. I'll give him that. But yeah, Rio Ferdinand, part of that golden generation of England players that didn't do anything, but a fantastic defender and has to go in the team. Fair enough. Shocking punch. So, um, yeah, he's oh, not yeah. great. Right, so we're going to move on to... Uh, a very patriotic man, and the, the phrase patriotic should sort of tip you off as to what country he plays for. It is the one and only star of USA 94, Alexi Lalas. Now, Alexi Lalas was sporting a fantastic hair and beard combo at that World Cup. And trust me when I say this man is a definition of patriotism. There's a picture of him draped in a flag, shirtless on the pitch. And he just, it's like, yeah. All you can think of is when you see that picture is in the background, Team America. America, fuck yeah. That's all I think. It's just great. Yeah, and- fair enough. I also think as well, that photo, he kind of looks like an American version of Jesus. Because the way his hands are, where yeah. he's just like, everyone needs to calm. <laughs> like ginger Jesus with the long hair and the beard. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. Although it, Strangely enough, he started his career in Italy, playing for Padova. Strange. He's had a glow up, though. If anyone's seen him recently, yeah, he's he's got eight solo rock albums. Does he? Eight <laughs> since nineteen ninety six. No, he doesn't. Where are you finding this? On, on oh my god, Wikipedia. Yes, he does. Let me read you out the the album titles. Here we go. So, in 1996, two years out from the World Cup, he released Far From Close. In 1998, he released Ginger. And then he waited a long time. 2010, he released So It Goes. Uh, And then in 2014, he released Infinity Spaces. 2016, he released Shots. Um, 2018, he released Sunshine. 2019, look at you, and 2022, melt away. God, wow! He played in the band named the Gypsies. 
and he wants opened for Hooting the Blowfish. Now, I don't know anything about Hooting the Blowfish apart from one time they mentioned on Friends. Yeah, they all want to go to the gig yeah. or something, don't they? Yeah, well, let's move <laughs> away from uh, Rock and Roll Jesus. Rock star Alexi Lalas and go on to the next defender. Nope. Yes, next defender. So, the next defender is an Iranian defender. Mehdi Madavika. We clearly know him well. Yes, although he was playing in a back three for us in a central role, but he usually played as a right winger or right back. So, um, his... um... Sorry, no, sorry. Why have we put him centre back? (laughs) There's three defenders, and he's playing. He's a right back. He can play. Center, he can play right side. The right back. winger. It's like, it's like Kyle Walker. He play right back. <laughs> he played in defence. He played cl- for Hamburg. We are clutching at straws. Yeah. Yeah, he probably played right back when he played for Hamburg. Yeah, so he's playing right sided centre back. It's like Kyle Walker plays for England. Well, why are you getting so bogged down? The amount of, we put Maradona in goal last week. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I concede. Fair enough. Right. We don't have much to say on Medi, but we can name some amazing teams that he's played for. So here we go. Are you ready? So he played for. Persopolis, they went to Bochum on loan, went to Hamburg, and then he got loaned out to Hamburg's amateur team, and then they <laughs> did then make 211 appearances, then went to Eintracht Frankfurt, and then went to Steel as in, literally the word steel at like the metal, Steel as in, Damash Gillin, and then back to Persopolis to finish off his career. And all the while, he made 111 caps for Iran, scoring 13 goals. From right back or right wing, or right side. Probably right wing. He scored the winning goal for Iran against the USA in World Cup 1998. Oh, so um, we've got a previous here with the USA playing played Iran a couple of days ago. So maybe if they'd have had Mehdi Madavika, it would have been different. Probably wouldn't because he's like 50 now, but. He played for Iran CISM. Now, I didn't know what that was, so I went on it. And it was the team that plays in the World Military Cup, which I didn't know was a thing. I've never known was a thing. But the most successful teams in it for the men are Italy with eight titles. For the women is Brazil with five titles. The current champions, okay, and this is in 2009. For the men was Bahrain, and for the women was North Korea. Now, if it's military cup, I'm a little bit worried of how North Korea are winning that. Yeah, surely, like if you're if you're the opposition in the army and you're at war with the other team, surely you just when you go out to line up for the kickoff, you just shoot them and then you win. <laughs> yeah, you take out some of their soldiers. Like what? I know there's that story of like the Christmas Day game, but I didn't think it, it carried on now. But yeah, it's it's literally a competition for nas- uh, national military teams. It was organised by the International Military Sports Council. So he must have been Wait, in the did, military did they, at some did, point. Then. Do they invite the bad people? Do like do they invite like do they invite Russia? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Like Russia v North Korea in the final. 
Vladimir Putin at front. Putin! <laughs> right, let's move away from the uh, well, war. I found out another fact about um, Madhavika. He, uh, he got married, but then in 2006 caused a stir when he decided to marry someone else without getting divorced. And he just went, just what I'm doing. Just, just having many wives. Then, I uh, thought your initial fact was just that he got married. I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> he got married. Nope, he, he married two people at the same time. Well, well. Don't do that, Meddy. Bad man. Then um, a year later, came out into the media and said, this was a big mistake. I'm divorced. The second wife. I think they divorced both. I thought you said came out <laughs> as if he came out gay. Anyway, let's move away from Selfish this. bastard. I can't even get one. <laughs> right, so we're going to go into the midfield. So we've got five across this midfield. Um, we've got two wide players and then three centre mids, really. One attacking mid more than the others. Um, so we'll start on the right-hand side. And we've got, potent- well, probably until... Christian Pulisic realizes potential, the best ever American player, um, probably the most well-known USA player of all time, Landon Donovan, famously played for Bayer Leverkusen, uh, Everton. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't <laughs> seem to on loans at Everton, uh, LA Galaxy, and yeah, just a fantastic, fantastic player. Um, he scored loads of goals for USA over the years. I think he might be the record cap holder. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, 157 is going to be hard to beat. Yes, that is correct. So, yeah, Landon Donovan even sounds like the most American person ever. Landon Donovan. Big fan. Yeah, he was very popular in school, you can imagine. You see everyone on these like American TV shows, all the cool kids just have insanely cool names as well. And then the nerd is called like Jeremy or something. Eugene. Always <laughs> Eugene. Eugene. <laughs> yeah. He played indoor football. Cool. That's what I have to say on that. He's he's on the board of Lincoln City. League yeah. two Lincoln City. He's he's a technical advisor. Good man. Wait, how? Because isn't he a manager? <laughs> You can't, uh, you can't seem, be... It seems very unlikely that Lincoln City are going to come against San Diego Loyal. No, what I mean is, like, how can he be on the board for Lincoln City when he's not well, in Lincoln? I assume, I assume they just ring him when they've got something. All right, Landon, we've, we've come up with a problem. Can you can you sort? Can you help? And he goes, "Whatever, man. I'm Landon Donovan," and just sorts it out. No, are you aware of the current owners of Wrexham? Yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> think they live in Wrexham, mate. Yeah, no, but he manages them. He doesn't just own it. No, he doesn't manage Lincoln. That's what he's, no, he manages San, San Diego no, he Loyal. Does, he does also own San Diego Loyal. Yeah, and he manages them. That's what I mean. So he's constantly in... Oh, wait, no, hold on. I see what you're saying. You're saying it the other way around. Never mind. <laughs> so, his outside of football career, or his, his post-football career aside, an amazing football player, uh, inspired generations of USA players. Uh, Christian Pulisic has referenced him numerous times when he's talking about the influences of his own career. And yeah, 
Landon Donovan, unbelievable player. Uh, didn't do much in the Premier League, but he did play well in Germany. And also, um, you know, if you're going to go on loan to Everton, then you can't really expect you're going to do much. Fair. He's got the most goals for any man representing a team from CONCACAF in World Cups. So he's the yeah. top scoring North American in World Cups. He's also got four gold medals for the CONCACAF Gold Cup. So yeah. that's pretty good too. Amazing player. That's why he's a spot yeah. in this team. All right, let's move on. Who's next? <laughs> oh, it's only bloody Paul Gascoigne. Oh, yes. Uh, I've ruined that. Central midfield, Paul Gascoigne. Go on. Raul Moat's best mate. Let's go. Also a former Everton player. We're racking them up here. <laughs> Not famous for that. It's a very Everton-heavy episode, this. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. I think Paul Gascoigne kind of goes under the radar with him. Is He only ever made 57 appearances for England, so he's not exactly a pro- prolific player for England, but and then he scored was, 10 goals. I was chatting to someone about this recently, though. Back then, you definitely had less games, right? Because it seems like everyone had, has like a lot less caps. Although, saying that, like, I'm trying to think. Because when, when did all the friendlies that happened started, and then the Nations League started, and then... A long time ago. But yeah. yeah that, after him, definitely. Well, Paul Gascoigne, issues outside of football aside, of which there are many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an unbelievable football player. Unbelievable football player. The goal he scored, it was in the Euros, but the goal he scored against Scotland, where yes. he just yeah. does the Absolutely defender incredible. and then rolls it in. Unbelievable. One of the best English players of all time. Um People are comparing Phil Foden to him in the sense that he's that creative spark that England need. And you can see it in Phil Foden that actually he definitely could be because I've not seen a more talented English player than Phil Foden for a long time. But Paul Gascoigne was the benchmark of, of English creativity. A traditional, hard-working footballing nation suddenly had this creative flair from Paul Gascoigne. And I think that influence lasts into the today's game, which is incredible. In... in um a great link to one of our other players. He reached number two in the UK top 40 in following the World Cup in 1990 with a song called Fog on the Tyne. What? <laughs> so him and Alexi Lalas are definitely leading the uh, the musical side of this team. This episode brought to you by Top of the Pops. Yeah, do you have a musical <laughs> side of a football team? Is that a thing? Oh, we do this I time. Do now, yeah. <laughs> What this what was the song called? It was called Fog on the Tyne. Give me two seconds. Play out on that. Yeah. <laughs> Which earned him a gold disc. What? Oh, I'm so confused. There's so many versions of this song. Yeah, it's a huge hit, mate. Number two in the chart. Was it originally his, though? Like, or have they just done like I, a... I imagine it's probably an old fisherman's song from the northeast, and he's released it as a song. Yeah, yes. a collaborative cover. Yeah, it was released in 1971 by Lindisfarne. Yeah, yeah that's why it's a coll- it's a cover with Lindisfarne. So he he got them out of retirement in 1990 and was just like, 
let's do that song again. Oh, so he but just went, he just it. went, hey, let's just do that song with me in it. And... <laughs> let's do that song, but with more Gaza. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everything could use a little bit more Gaza. Apart from the pub. <laughs> right. Let's move away from Paul, ba- Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> incredible player. Incredible player. Uh, we joke, we joke, but he is an incredible player. Yeah, uh, I don't know how he sings. I've not heard that song. I don't plan on listening to it, if I'm honest with you. Um, but yeah, an incredible player and one of England's best ever players. That's the reason he makes it into this team. So we'll 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 keep moving through the midfield. The second of our central midfielders, and I, I'm just getting all of the Iranian players today. We've got the magician, also known as the Asian Maradona, Ali Karimi. Yeah. Of, uh, Ex Bayern Munich, Schalke, another steel Azin player. There's there's a strange connection between, or not strange, but there's a connection between Bayern Munich and Iranians because they had quite a few Iranian players in the early two thousands. A lot of a lot of German clubs have had a few Iranian players. Yeah, strange. It's like Sadar Azmoun plays in Germany right now. Yeah, um, Askan Dijaga was a. Leverkusen for ages before he went yeah. to um, Fulham, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, when he first joined Bayern in 2005, he won a League and Cup double with his club in the first season. He later won another German Cup with Schalke. Uh, and then individually, he was named Asian Footballer of the Year in 2004 and came second in the voting in 2012 at the age of 34. So, hell of a career for the guy. Yeah. He he's described as one of the top two players of Iran's football history. Yeah, well, maybe the uh, the first one might be coming up later. <laughs> Who knows? We do, and I'm guessing the listeners can also guess now that he is coming up later. Yeah, Ali Karimi, a great player. If you watch him play, he is a hell of a dribbler and great close ball control. I compare him a little bit to Arda Turan in the style of play. Very much so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a small, a smallish player with like um, low center of gravity gets around, but 127 caps makes him the third highest appearance maker in Iran's history, behind only Javad Nakunam and a, a named player who may be named <laughs> shortly. Later on, he's he's been in the news quite recently as he's um, one of the huge supporters of the. Uh, protests against the government going on in Iran at the moment. Good on him. Good on him. Very much going on against the censorship in their country. And um, in fact, it's that bad that his house in Iran was seized by the state because of all the uh, dissidents that he is prom- promoting. Oh, insane. Oh. So, absolute legend. Well, absolute legend, one to another. We'll move on to our attacking midfielder in this midfield. And um, slightly different tone for this player. Uh, was once accused of having an affair with a grandmother. Um, his wife has recently very famously been in court in uh, the Wagatha Christie case. But apart from all that, an incredible, incredible football player. <laughs> one of England's best ever. One of Manchester United's best ever. And another former Everton player. Wayne Rooney. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't say enough about Wayne Rooney. Was it in the World Cup as well that Wayne Rooney did his whole rant as w- when he was walking off the pitch? 
Is it like nice to hear your home fans boo you? Yeah, I think so. No, was it? No, I think that was is that in two thousand and four when he stood on Ronaldo's balls in the Euros. No, I think it was later than that. I think he was older than that. Two thousand and six. Maybe. I don't know. The Germany game, maybe. But yeah, yeah, Wayne Rooney. Off. Unbelievable player. Unbelievable player. Uh, currently England's top goal scorer. Is he still? Or is Harry Kane taking it now? Rooney is still on top. Yeah, it goes Rooney, Kane, Charlton. Well, the fact that Wayne Rooney obviously made a career for himself at, at Everton, everyone remembers that goal against Arsenal where he just picks it up on the left mid and oh, just yeah. smashes one. Uh, 17 years old, goes to United first game against Fenerbahce, scores a hat trick. Uh, this kid's insane, <laughs> and he never stopped from there. Like, there's been many areas of Rooney the, the overhead kick against Man City, the bold Rooney. Uh, I think it's a clipping against Hull where oh, uh, yes. there's a drop ball, and he, he he two foots one guy gets up and two foots the next guy. It's, it's just fantastic. proper Sunday league football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was the but boxing just, scandal, yeah, him yeah. and Phil Bardsley in the kitchen. Yeah. Sounds like a bad Cluedo. <laughs> Bill Bardsley in the kitchen with the boxing gloves. <laughs> I think with Rooney as well, like he was like that guy. You know, like Nike picked him up early. He was like the future. Of, and, he became, and, he, and he was, and he lived up to his potential. One of those few players that has that much potential and lives up to it. You know, United's top ever goal scorer. England's top ever goal scorer. You know, both of those records will probably fall at some stage, but... The fact that a scouser, can, and obviously a blue sign of scouser, but can go to Manchester and do that and perform for England, incredible. And yeah. I think uh, another thing that he's iconic for, and I love this, is Wirooni's street soccer, or street striker, whatever it was called, where he just played in bootcut jeans, dribbling through tyres and tipping things into skips. What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's like... Nor- the most like noughties thing that could ever have happened, though. Yeah. Apparently yeah. managing Christian Benteke for DC United. <laughs> Is that right? Fall from grace. <laughs> I've also recently yeah. got called out by Cristiano Ronaldo for being ugly. Yeah, he called him a rat as well. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen the interview where he goes... Like someone asks Wayne Rooney about it, and Wayne Rooney's like, um, "I don't really know why he's gone after me." To be honest, I thought we were friends. Well, the the one thing that Wayne Rooney said about him <laughs> as well was like, he just he just said, "Oh, he's getting older now, and he needs to realize that he's getting older, and he's going to slow down." That's all Rooney said. He didn't say anything too bad about him. And Ronaldo's just come out and been like, "You're ugly. You're a rat. I'm better than looking than you. I've always been better than you." <laughs> okay, we've never no, been just, friends. It's just, just so other- insecure, isn't it? <laughs> But it was yeah. the it was the what what was the bit where he says Gary Neville, Wayne Rooney, all these people aren't his friends. And I was like, I'm pretty sh- it's like I'm pretty sure you've yeah. referred to them as friends in the past. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's friends with Piers Morgan. Now. Anyway, let's not talk about Ronaldo because you know do you want Cristiano? He's not in Group B. He's not in Group B. Correct. Right. So moving on to the left hand side of our midfield, and it is the greatest British player ever. And I can I just say, a lot of English pundits said this as well in the Wales and England game. Greatest British player ever. It is Gareth Bale. Of course. Now, we're not what talking man. current because we all saw what he did in the Euros. Yes, he scored a oh, great he's... penalty. And I'm very grateful. And I, I genuinely don't think there's ever been a player that's had a better connection between fan and player than Gareth Bale Wales fans. I genuinely, 
Wales allegiances aside, I've not seen it. Like no. one man to have such an influence on a country is insane. An incredible player, incredible, incredible player. Not very good anymore. He walks around a lot. Um, he's still got the talent, but he just doesn't have the legs anymore, which is a shame. There was a really ironic bit in the uh, USA game where I think it was Harry Wilson was like blown out of his ass, and then Gareth Bale looks at him and you see him out say, "I know you don't like running, but you just got to keep fucking running." <laughs> and Harry Wilson's looking at him like, "What? Are you talking to me? Run!" <laughs> but yeah, we're taking this tournament out of the, the Gareth Bale story. Um, yeah, he, he was. He was. Uh, he was pony. He was. He awful. was. But. Yeah. So was everyone else. But Gareth Bale, unbelievable player. Wales' best player, hands down, talent-wise, passion-wise. Turns up to every single game. So passionate about playing for his country. Like You saw it in the interview last week where they said, like, oh, will this be your last Wales game? He's like, nope. As long as I keep calling, I'll keep coming. And I think that's a testament to him. Like He could easily retire now. And like, yeah. some would say he probably should. You know, like He didn't really do much for LA. He scored that goal in the, in the final and amazing. And that'll always put him down in the history books for LAFC. He did nothing for the rest of the season. He scored like two goals. One of them was good, to be fair. But yeah, I think if we, we're talking about Gareth Bale on a whole, you've got to go back to the glory days. His last season at Tottenham and his first two seasons at Madrid, untouchable. I would have said he was top three player in the world behind uh, Ronaldo and Messi at that point. Like the things he was doing, all you've got to do is watch that first season at Madrid. The goal he scores against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final where he gets he pushed out by Mark Batra yeah. and then keeps the ball, keeps running, and then scores. Ronaldo's not on the pitch. He single-handedly won that game. Scored in the Champions League final the same season. It was a header from an Angel Di Maria rebound. But in that same season, he scored pretty much an identical goal against Iceland on the other wing. And I just think the talent of the man, the goal against Stoke for Tottenham on the volley. Just, I, oh, I think a volley. That yeah, I, I just think... Goal. I can't talk enough about him, honestly. He is... An inspirational player for future generations of Welsh footballers now coming through. Gareth Bale set the benchmark. We're just incredibly lucky to have had him. And it's a shame that it's come to, coming to an end. Because it is. Like, you have to look at it and say, look, this isn't the Gareth Bale that we had. But the fact that we had him and, and the places he's taken us as a small nation, the smallest nation to qualify for this year's World Cup. We played the USA. They had 100 times the population of us. And Gareth Bale popped up again when he needs to. Fair play didn't do it for the rest of the tournament, but for what he did do and what he has done, like George said, the best player from the British Isles. I I, yeah. I have to agree. I don't think there's... Yeah. I think George Best, obviously, Northern Ireland, you could put him in there. Obviously, you've got countless English players. You've got Kenny Dalglish. There's amazing players, but I think for the modern era, for sure, Gareth Bale is the best player in the past 30 years come out of Britain, 100%. And there, and, and there are players now in that England squad that you could probably uh, one in particular that could surpass him depending on how their career goes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I tried to carry on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I genuinely he's, he's and we, we are probably are biased, but like I say, it's, you had a group of half Welsh, half English pundits in the BBC studio and they all said it. They all said, yeah, when he was in his prime, he was the best British player in the world. Sorry, best British player ever, not in the world. Um, so, yeah, I, it's such a shame to see that he's gone downhill. And I think injuries have impacted his career a lot because you see the 
you can see players now going on for a lot longer. Like Ronaldo's gone until, what is he, 38 now? And he's still, yeah. as much as Ronaldo's in my bad books at the moment, he's still a good player. He's not the player oh, yeah. he was, but he's still a good yeah. player. Looking um, on that point where you're saying that they're changing, like Ronaldo changed his game completely as he got older. Rooney changed his game completely as they got older and couldn't cut up with it. And I think that's one of the things that Bale sort of failed to do a bit. So because yeah. Bale was always sort of relied on the pace and the power that he had. And as he got injuries and he got older, he didn't really have that as much. And he didn't change his game to suit what he then had. So he still had the, the ability to finish. He still had the ability to pull out magic. But he still wanted to play like he was when he was five years younger yeah. before injuries. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's where know, it's impacted him. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's time comes... You know, everyone's career catches up with him, and like you said, so reliant on his pace and physicality that it has gone. But you know, for him to be Wales's all-time leading goal scorer now, to add to that at the World Cup, and also become Wales's top cap holder in the World Cup is is magical. And no matter what he does, his legacy will never go away. He is the best player that Wales will probably ever have. Honestly, I don't see the next Gareth Bale coming through. But yeah, he he is the best player we've ever had, and. We love him. He was terrible in the World Cup. We can't deny that. But we love him. We're going to move on to the first of our two strikers in this three-five-two formation. And it is another Welshman. Um, so obviously there's been countless amazing English strikers. And we put Wayne Rooney in as a sort of attacking midfielder. He could have gone up front. You know, we could have had Lineker. We could have had Kane. We could have had countless other Shearer, you know, certain loads loads of players we could have had. But Peter Crouch. we decided to go <laughs> Peter, Peter Crouch, yeah, James Milner. But we've decided to go down the Welsh route. And down the Welsh route, there's been some amazing strikers, you know, Hal Robson Carnu, Simon <laughs> Church, uh Steve Steve Morrison, uh, Nathan Blake, uh, Big John Hartson. <laughs> Big Robert John Hartson. Robbie Earnshaw. But no obviously we've gone we could have gone for Ian Rush, and that would have been a great choice. But what the player we have gone for is a player who was hugely successful in the middle of the last century, Mr. John Charles. I was about to call him Ray Charles, but he's a blind man, and he would not be very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know Ray Charles's backstory, but he was bigger, bigger onto heroin, so I don't think... A smacked up blind man would be a great option <laughs> as a striker in this team. So right. we're going to stick with John Charles. <laughs> one of one of the right nations, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, John Charles, what a player! I don't know because uh, <laughs> he's another one that can play either up top or centre back. As well, which you I don't think you'd ever see, except for Harry Maguire, I don't think you'd ever see a player in the modern era that would do that. No. No. He, well, Matt Phillips when he's played, did it, didn't he? Yeah, actually. <laughs> Signed for Juventus in 1957 from Leeds for a British record transfer of £65,000, which at the time is a huge amount of money. Uh, he, of course, played for Wales in the last World Cup we got to, 1958. And Pele famously said, if John Charles was playing, 
Wales would have beaten Brazil because he got injured and he couldn't play in that game. Wow. Which is a massive shame. But yeah, Pele said that. So I know we criticise a lot that Pele said, but this time we'll let him have that one. <laughs> when, it, when, things... it goes to, when it goes for us, we'll take it. <laughs> some great things on John Charles here. Right. So his nickname in Italian, Il Gigante Buono. And that's not a big Kinder Bueno. It is... Wait, Gigante is, I'm assuming, like giant or big or... Yeah, correct, yeah. Giganto Buono. Oh, no idea. <laughs> Gentle Giant. Oh, nice. And he formed a prolific partnership with teammates Omar Savori and Giampiero Bonaperti in Juventus's front line. The, tri- the trio were nicknamed the Holy Trident. How cool is that? Ooh, that's, like that. That's, that's a good name. Yes. It's better than MSN, isn't it? Hey, that was great before Bebo. Oh, you mean Messi Suarez? Sorry. Thank you. It says here as well on one of the things I'm reading. He was rated as many as the greatest all-round footballer ever to come from Britain. Now I know we just said what we said about Gareth Bale, but I'm assuming they mean that because he wasn't just a striker. <laughs> when they say all-round, it's like he could do a lot. Everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I mean, like if you watch highlights of him, it's just hard to do because. Of the area he played in, yeah. Um, most places didn't even have TVs or let alone cameras, so it was difficult to find highlights of this man. But the stats speak for themselves. The fact that he played for a prolific Juventus side in that era is incredible. And just to keep it connected with the rest of this episode, you know what he did in 1955? Go on. He released 16 tons, a cover of an Ernie Ford track, <laughs> into the charts. <laughs> Oh, I saw a video of this team. recently. He has like a Frank Sinatra style crooner voice, and it's incredible. Is it good? It's so good. There's a video of it. It's circulating at the moment. If you if you search John Charles Singer, um, not Ray Charles. Although maybe that would be a great <laughs> collaboration. Ray Charles on the piano, John Charles on the on the voice. What? Incredible. Yeah. But yeah, he released many songs, and yeah. He he loved singing as much as he did playing football. So, yeah. Rated alongside Pele by loads of football, like Sir Bobby Robson, Jack Charlton. They all put and uh, Bonaparte, who was his strike partner. They've all put him up there with like Pele, Maradona, Di Stefano, and Cruyff. And he's like, all these other professionals think he's right up there with them. So, what's my John? And he came from little old Wales, and he was one of those players that was fiercely passionate about playing for Wales as well. So, you know, we've had players over the years that were born here but didn't really commit to it. Yeah. Um, one of them was our former manager. I won't talk about him. But, you know, there are players like Gareth Bale, like John Charles, that are so proud to be from this little nation and play for us. It's incredible. And it's the same as any other player in this team, to be honest. Like, Wayne Rooney was passionate about playing for England, so was Rio Ferdinand, so was all the rest of the players we've got in this team. Alexi Lalas, you know, rock flag and eagle, hoorah. (laughs) (laughs) So we mentioned that Ali Karimi was voted one of the top two Iranian players of all time. And it was alongside this man, another Bayern Munich is Iranian. It is Ali Dai, who was striker, captain of the Iranian national team for a long time in the uh, early 2000s scored 109 goals 
for Iran, which up until last year was the record for a men's player scoring in international goals. Incredible. What a stat that is. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo beat it last year, um, but that's it. It's a shame. But yeah, what an incredible stat from a nation like Iran as well. You know, very proud nation. They've had a lot of trouble over the years, even going on right now. Um, you saw it in the faces of the players when the first game they didn't sing the national anthem in a standard protest, and then the second game they were forced to because people were threatening their families and homes. So, you know, a very divided nation for a long time. So to, to be able to represent your country and score so many goals, incredible feat for him. And I think, you know, a testament to him as a player and a character to persevere for 149 caps over a th- no 23-year span, scoring 109 goals. Incredible. Insane. And he played for some freaking teams. Here we go. <laughs> so he um oh this is dangerous. All right, he started at Estagiel Ardebil, then he went to Taxirani, then Bank Terajat, Persopolis makes another appearance. Al Sad in Qatar. We we've heard of them. Uh, Armenia Bielefeld when he moved to to Germany. Then he played one season at Bayern. Six goals and 23 appearances. Not bad. Then he went to Hertha Berlin. Then Al-Shabaab. Great name. And then back to Persopolis. And then, what I can only assume <laughs> must be a factory, because the name is Sabah Battery. Like the little thing you put in the TV remote. Like an electrical thing. Sabah uh, the, Battery. The actual name is Sabacom, if you go on it. Oh. Yeah, they aren't. They used to be owned by the Saba Battery Company, and that was why they were called that. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I, I was joking. About, yeah, fair play. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he was electric as well, you know. Whoa, come on. <laughs> fair. Yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, obviously that record before he took it was held by Ferenc Pushkas, so a hell of a thing to take off him, and then to hold it for so long. You know, he got that record and then held it for well a good long while. And then, obviously, Cristiano has to ruin everything, isn't he? But, yeah, incredible. <laughs> well, yeah, he retired from internationals in 2006. So he held that since t- that record from 2006 to last year. Brilliant. A lot of time for that. Well, I think that just about wraps up the team, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Obviously, we could have had a very extensive list of substitutes from all four nations. Um, some incredible players in this group. Uh, it was actually, before the, the tournament started, the closest in rankings and the, the joint highest rankings was this group. So it was Iran were 20th, Wales were 19th, USA 15th and England 5th, I think, before the tournament yeah, started. They were, they were the only group where all four teams were inside the top 20 of FIFA's world rankings. Yeah, And that, in itself coming from three Wales fans, is insane that we're in that yeah. conversation. We used to be 143rd in the world, right? So this is incredible. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously this has probably been a very Wales-heavy episode, and if you didn't expect that coming in, I'm sorry, you either don't listen to the podcast or you're oblivious to what we've been speaking about for the past two years. But <laughs> we thank you for listening anyway. Um, so we'll go back through the team one more time, and then we will let you on your merry way. I don't know why I've started saying that, but quite like it. Uh, So, in this Group B Mixed 11, we've gone for a 3-5-2 formation. In goal, Neville Southall. 
And in defence, Rio Ferdinand, Alexi Lalas, and Mehdi Madavika. Let's move on to the midfield. On the right-hand side, we have Landon Donovan. In central midfield, we have Paul Gascoigne and Ali Karimi, with uh, Wayne Rooney as sort of an attacking midfielder. And on the left, we have the greatest British player ever, Gareth Bale. And supplying the goals for this team up front, we've got uh, Juventus and Wales legend John Charles and the second most prolific international goal scorer of all time, Ali Dai. Now, we haven't, we didn't give the Group A team a name, but if we were to give the Group B team a name with the amount of musicians in it, we'd have to call it now. That's what I call Group B. <laughs> I'm all for that. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Think about the compilation album you could have on that. <laughs> wait Fog until on the you, Wait until you hear Neville Southall's cover of Stormzy. Oh my god, that'll blow you away. <laughs> what? Shut up. <laughs> but it's an ode to Michael Owen. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? He's only twelve. Thanks again for listening to this, the second edition of the group stage of Chaos. Um, obviously, the World Cup is moving on thick and fast, and the group stages will be over um, by the Tomorrow. time you're listening to this. Uh, but that's fine, because we're going to persevere anyway. There's plenty of groups left, still left to do. So tune in next time, where we're going to take on Group C in the group stage of Chaos. Um, thanks again for listening. If you want to check us out on socials, you can... On Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all at Nostalgia FC Pod. If you want to give us an email at any point, it's nostalgiafcpod at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, before we go, we just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who helped us on our way of raising lots of money for November. Um, some of us still have ours. One of us now looks like a child. Um, so actually, the three of us in line looks like it should be illegal. But there you go. <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for anyone that contributed to um, fundraising that we did throughout the month of November by growing our moustaches. Um, we raised together... Let me just get this up. Uh, we raised a grand total of £340. Oh, there you go. And our initial total we aimed for was about 200 so that is incredible. <laughs> thank you so much to everyone uh, who donated. I'm well aware that a lot of those were people that George was talking to in bars in London, but it still counts. <laughs> so thanks very much. I, I, can, I can tell you that one person said, can I give you a tip? And I was like, yes. Could you donate to my November page? And that was only thanks one of them. For but... a sacrifice. But yeah, incredible. Thank you so much to everyone who's done that. It's an amazing cause and it really does mean a lot to us that we can help contribute to that. And thank you so much for helping us do that. So, uh, any more for any more? Anything? Any? any uh, uh, yes, I just want to finish off because we have just seen our Spotify wrapped and are ridiculously blown away by it. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but the amount of people that have us in their top 10 or top five most listened to podcasts. 72 people top 10. There you go. And we are the in the top 10% of most shared podcasts on Spotify in the world, which is just astonishing, mind-blowing, whatever other words. Like, I can't get over it. I genuinely can't. So thank you to anyone who shared it or listened to it or even just told a friend about it. Like, we really do appreciate it. Uh, like Drew says, a lot of the time, we started this over lockdown. It came from Drew's brain. I'm not going to take that away from him. But we started this over lockdown. Um, we were just doing it as two mates 
having a bit of fun, just talking about football again that they love over lockdown, and then it's built into this, which is still on the small scale of most podcasts, but hey, we're having fun. I hope you are listening to it. Yeah. Even if you're not enjoying it, we're still going to do it, so you might as well listen anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. I, I, like George said, from the bottom of our hearts, we really do. do we really just do this for a laugh. Um, we don't get anything from it, um, apart from a good old chance to catch up with our mates on a weekly basis. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, we genuinely love the game of football. That's why we talk about the good old days. Um, we love this concept. We love doing it. We love bringing Owen back on. We love getting all the guests we ever had back on. So shouts out to all the guests we've ever had. Um, shouts out to the guests we're gonna have. Shout out to Owen for always being there when we need him and sometimes when we don't. And, <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Owen, anything to add there? Nope, cool, yeah, good. I, right, so... Uh... Yeah, get out of it. It is, it is a pleasure to come in and, you know, drop in and out whenever you guys need me. I'm available. I generally love catching up with you guys and talking shit's one of my favourite things to do. So when we get to do it, it's it's great. And congratulations on the Spotify wrapped. Congratulations on being in the top 10% of uh, (laughs) shared podcasts. It shows that you're going in the right direction. And well done to you two. So, yeah. Cheers, man. Thank you very much. Do you have a Japan flag behind you? I do, yeah. Because all the other flags that I've put up have gone out of the group stages. So, So I'm trying to curse Japan now by knocking them out of the group (laughs) stages. (laughs) Can you put an England flag up behind you next time? I don't own one. Good. Anyway, I've got a union. Let's, let's, I've uh, got a union jack, but I people don't, don't care about this, right? Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to get bored by Owen talking about flags now. Uh, we'll let you go. Thanks very much for joining us once more. Uh, join us next time for Group C in the Group Stage of Chaos. That was Group B, uh, affectionately known as Now. That's what I call Group B. Oh God, has to be said in that voice as well. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Catch you next week. That was Group B. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. I saw a clip of Micah Richards and Jermaine Genus um, ranking all the other pundits on how well they do in the gym. And they put Rio Ferdinand at the bottom. They just went, he just can't move. They think he's lifting loads, but he can't even, he can't move. Why does he, he can't lift at all? Oh, and me and you saw a very different video because I saw Micah Richards on his own put Rio Ferdinand second. (laughs) Oh no, the one I saw, they put each other in second and then themselves at first. Uh, they put Alan Shearer last. Yeah, I, that's fair enough. Yeah, we definitely saw different ones because they put Danny Murphy last in mine. Oh, I saw, yeah, it was Danny Murphy, then Alan Shearer, wasn't it? To be fair, they're both bald white pundits, easy to get mistaken. <laughs> right, we're going to move on. But before we do, Owen, put that pen down and start clicking the bastard. Okay.
Don't worry, I've told George and his dad off before for doing that. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to edit a fucking click out? <laughs> Very. <laughs>